Let's hit it. Let's do it. Recording in Shimokitazawa, Japan, you found it. The Japan What Podcast, coming at you live. My name is Matt Bigelow, blowing hot air to the back end of Tokyo. And my name is Tom Molesky. We discuss the inner workings of Japan with an outsider's perspective, with zero insight. Zero insight, guaranteed. Or any non-existent money we have, you, we give it back. Right, non-existent money. And that was Aeronauts with Drop off the Now or Never uh, uh, album. I was going to say CD, but uh, yeah, you can find out more about this great band. I extolled the virtues of them in uh, the past week, uh, their show out in uh, Cage Dream and Inage. Uh, you should definitely check them out. For more information, you can hear them on, uh, go to aeronauts.org, uh, and that is A-E-R-O, Nauts, N-A-U-T-S. Great band. We've played them before, right? I don't believe it. We had it no? s- uh, planned before. But, right. Um, yeah, uh, but we actually had uh, some guests, so we played their music instead, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we, they got bumped last time. Yeah, but it's okay. It's and okay. I talked about them before as well. Cool, man. The nice thing to, about doing this podcast is I can always hear it with their, their music with your equipment, which makes it sound so much better. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> Well, thank you. I, yeah, I no, the, I, uh, I take it as a bonus. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> right on. I wanted to start off positively. So that's a Japanese band. It is a Japanese band. All Japanese. Yeah. Yep. They kind of have like, um, not like a surf vibe, but like a surf rock kind of. Th- yeah. I often it's find, pretty driven. It's straightforward. Yeah. yeah. And um, as people just heard it and obviously know. Yeah. Um, it's driven. There's also a lot of bands that take a little bit of like post-punk. I think into into their music. What's post punk? It's kind of a punk, but maybe more of a refined, more controlled punk. I think, and I guess people will be yelling, "No, that's completely wrong!" But um, the bands that I've always listened to here that identify themselves as post punk, um, it's not as garage rocky as much. You know, it's a little bit more of a. Um, a little more defined, a little more refined. They're a little bit more careful with the way they play their instruments. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, that makes um, sense. Uh, the band uh, Molise that I played before also yes. they 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 uh, consider themselves much very much a post punk band. I think if you're metal, it kind of leads into um, prog rock. Oh yeah, I and mean, if you're uh, punk, it leads into that mm-hmm. post punk. Right, right. Which makes sense because the name. And there's just 
every degree in between as well, between that metal, punk, and post-punk, what, what have you, sound. And it can change from song to song as well. So, But anyway, it's good. That's what matters to me most. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> it's not pretentious either, Yeah, which is nice. And uh, also very, very, very good live. Um, I've uh, had them down to uh, Chiba to do some shows, and they always knock the, you know, the socks off of everyone in the audience. Yeah. Post socks. Yeah. Yes. How is everything going with you? How? Well, uh, it was Valentine's Day. Ah, uh, yes. And I have a, is it a marriage or is it romance? I oh. Have, you know, because we need to consider these things. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. There we go. Is it... Oh, is it? So, uh, marriage or romance? Marriage. Or, so, as soon as and you get never married, shall the twain meet, right? <laughs> I think so. I think that's the point. Because Valentine's Day was on Friday this week. That's right. Yeah. And my wife and I were like, "Nah, end of the week. All these couples are going to be out. Yeah, yeah. Let's just go on. Let's let's have a lunch on Saturday." Well, isn't it the, the the practice here is actually the woman gets a gift for the man, I believe? Oh, yeah. I Screw think, that. I mean, I never, I say, let's, we're just going to do it the, the U.S. way or the yeah. North American way. It's actually the, the correct way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this whole, this whole women buy it for men is not, not Valentine's Day. It's Asian Day. Well, Valentine's Day. It's like stretching the buck day. It's like we want to get two people, uh, two holidays where people have to buy gifts. And there's white you know? day, then Koreans yep. do black day, they then do. Filipinos have like green day, oh, okay. orange day. It's like a, it's like a, like the revolution in the Middle East with all those colors, the Orange Revolution, the yeah. Green Revolution. Uh, they just do that with Valentine's Day in Asia. So is Black Day is a real thing? Yeah, I think it, so in Korea. It's where people didn't get anything, <laughs> go and do things for themselves. All right. Isn't that every day? Uh, well, <laughs> well, they've <laughs> yeah. managed to monetize it. Yeah, okay, yeah. fair enough. Good South on them. Korea, of course. Yeah, yeah. all right. Oh, uh, so, so, okay, yes. so we decided to go to this restaurant chain. It's a brasserie, they do it right, right. called Obakanale. Well, okay. It's a they got a few shops in town. It's not too expensive, or the food is good, and it really got, has an authentic brasserie French style to it. Mm. Um, so we go there, and we get the uh, the lunch menu, and I get uh, an onion soup and a couscous lamb. Oh, that sounds she, great! It's awesome. Yes, and the lamb comes in like one of those pots with sauce in it, and you pull it off, and the steam comes up, and there's vegetables and everything's all boiled and it's spicy and it has this North African kind of flavor to it. Mm. And you dump it all over the couscous and shove it in your face and have a good time. Get a couple of glasses of red wine. It's great. She gets this duck and it's just, just giant duck on her plate covered with potatoes. She's this tiny Japanese lady. Yeah. So she, we, she ate too much. Yeah. So oh. then we go back and decide to pick up some coffee and canned tomatoes after, after okay. we eat. And, She's so full, she can barely even walk. And now she's getting frustrated. So okay. she starts like hitting me with her, um, what she would call it, scarf. You okay. know, just kind of like, yeah, what am I doing? I'm so full. You know, she gives me a playful slap. And okay. I'm the guy, and I'm like, ah, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. Joking around. But then she starts hitting me so much, I start like backing off a little bit. Yeah, and yeah. I, and I, 
start to swing the bag of canned tomatoes at her. Okay. And Ooh, then just oh. kind of stop, you know, and like let yeah. her know, hey, yeah. you're kind of hitting me too much. Yeah, and she's yeah. like, well, I don't know. I, what am I doing? I'm so full. And then she goes to hit me with a, okay. with a scarf again in a playful way. Yes. Then I start winding up the bag of canned tomatoes again and say, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> much like soap in a pillowcase and full metal jacket. So yeah. we get home and then I have to take this immediate power dump <laughs> and I, I, it's to the point where you know you you gotta you gotta sit down before you close the door. Can I immediately vote for this as romance? And uh, oh. and then I a, a giant sploosh oh. comes out of the toilet, and she can hear it, and the door is open, uh-huh. and she's like, "What are you doing?" And I close the door, of course, mm-hmm. and I come out, and uh, she's asleep on the couch. Uh, and she can she has like these mild respiratory problems mm-hmm. from having eaten so much. Really? Yeah. Okay. So uh, that's that's my Valentine's Day. I'm sure they've made a movie about that somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'd say it's. Uh, are we asking if this is marriage or romance? Yeah. I think it's marriage, and if she stays, it's romance. <laughs> <laughs> kind of romantic. Blah. Well, that fun though. It sounds like fun though. Yeah. Um, I ended up just if it's a girlfriend, you can't threaten her with a bag of canned tomatoes. Yeah, but once you're married, yeah, getting away from this ring ain't as easy as it seems. Yeah, yeah, you can, and uh, yeah, even though the uh, if there's an explosion threatening, you can still leave the bathroom door open. That's right. So, yeah. You're gonna divorce me, <laughs> just not blow me. <laughs> oh my! What? Yes. All right. Yes. Well, um, what do you got? Actually, last night I was um, just down in my my favorite place doing the kind of the phone DJing, and I um, brought the guitarist from Molise down with me because he. Um, I thought they were living in Buffalo, New York. Actually, they're taking. Uh, they were going to take a, like a three week break uh, back in Japan, and that got extended um, to uh, two months. So as of now, he is just more or less doing just some Baito work, and outside of that, not too much. Wow. So I said, why don't you want to, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe we could start a, a series of, like, having musicians come down and do, like, two-hour sets of, uh, uh, of their favorite music, and it might be interesting to people if we post it as an event. Playing or just on the on like just a DJing? Just actually there, yeah, just DJing. Oh, okay. And then I figure it's no, it's no pressure on anyone as well, although... and. After two, uh, I was doing it, and I, I'll do like three, four, sometimes five hours of it. And he's like, we're just like, after an hour, you're just like, the number of songs that you can actually think of starts to run low. Yeah. You know a lot, and you, you recognize a lot, but just to come up with them one after another is actually not as easy as you think. And um, and then trying to keep it in some kind of semblance of flow as well, it's actually gets tricky and then of course any every as people get drunker they're like no I don't want to hear this or I want to hear something more like this so it's actually a fine balance and it's uh it, it's a bit of an art just to keep the uh the atmosphere going and keeping it lively and keeping people ordering drinks yeah it's weird how youtube can do that with an algorithm now. yeah yeah it yeah. is isn't it yeah um in any case though we we stayed out for a bit he was like yeah I think I'll do that he was uh, actually really down for it so so it was a good. Night. That's cool. Yeah, it was. Really How fun. was the selection? Uh, his selection again. Uh, um, rock. Did he punk. just play Molise for three hours? No, actually, he didn't even play a Molise song. I had to do it. Um, a lot of post punk, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> just to bring it back. But uh, yeah, uh, Bowie, Fugazi. Um, what else did he play? A few like Pixie stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, cool, big man. fan. So 
That's what we were up to. There's this song. Yeah. And talking about the YouTube algorithm. Okay, moving on. Plastic Love. Do you know it? Um, the, as a concept or as a song? <laughs> yeah. yeah. As, a, as a trip through I've Asia. I've lived it. Yeah. Um, Plastic Love. This is from knowyourmeme.com. So I was, I was trying to get into mm. some of the, uh, the newer music that's coming out. Okay. I find it really hard because uh, a lot of this, a lot of the indie music that you find individually mm. is cool. But the stuff that often comes like the top 10 indie songs of 2019. Right. Yeah. They're not indie songs at all. They're, they're, they sound like indie songs, but yeah. in fact, they're, they're corporate songs. And yeah. it's like they have a riff and then they do five different genres on the same riff. They do like the punk riff, then they okay. do like the metal riff, then they do the hip hop riff, mm. then they break it down and they play the piano riff, and it's just like yeah. it's a it's a one minute song that has repeated five different genre wises. So, but for an indie song, it's shockingly well produced. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's and what I and the sets that they have are always in these elaborate tunnels yeah. with lighting everywhere, yeah. and, and they, know, drones flying up. So yeah, really indie as you so can see. So it's it's faux indie. Can we start that? Findy, Fondy. Fondy, there we go. <laughs> Fondy Funsters. And um but one song that came up that I kind of was hearing about is a song called Plastic Love. Okay. Uh who wrote this song? Maria Takeuchi. Okay. Um what happened was so this is I, I listened to it and it had like this really old school vibe to it. Uh, I'm gonna just read this short thing and then play it. Okay. And this this had a surprising arc because it shouldn't have been popular, but it was popular. Oh, okay. Because of an algorithm. Interesting. So this is from knowyourmeme.com. That's knowyourmeme.com. Mm -hmm. Plastic Love is a 1984 J-pop song performed by Japanese singer-songwriter Maria Takeuchi. She and the song later became popular online when the song resurfaced on YouTube. The song originated from her comeback album Variety. Uh, it was one of the most successful albums in her career, reaching number one on the 1984 Oricon music chart in Japan. I've been number one on Oricon for uh, school. Nice. Uh, Plastic Love uh, was later released as a single, 1985, and was 85 on Oricon. Online spread. User Plastic Lover re-uploaded a seven-minute version of the song in 2017, featuring a picture of Takeuchi. The video gained more than 5.33 million views as of January 2018. The song has surged in popularity, and it became popular on Reddit, and uh, there we go. So basically, the song came up, had a cool image on it, people mm -hmm. started clicking on it, okay. and then the algorithm picked up on that, oh. and uh, it surged up, and it became like her most popular song ever, really? because of an algorithmic functionality. And it also has to be just the timing as well, right? Uh, in that case, it would just be kind of that um, it was... The algorithm hit just at the right time when people were ready to receive it. Yeah. And then it just kind of went from there. It was a black and white picture of a cute Japanese girl. Okay. And people clicked on it, liked how it sounded, yeah. and uh, became super popular. It's funny what's the trigger these days. Yeah. Uh, robots. Yeah. This is the song. Okay. Mm-hmm. Pretty chill, huh? It's nice. Yeah. I like it. Takes its time. 
not trying to force it. Yeah. And it, the layers come in gently. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of builds it up. Yeah. But it doesn't get loud. It just gets more rhythmic. It's good. No, I like it a lot. I like the lounge vibe of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Got a little bit more of that guitar coming in. Funk guitar. I like it. So I think with all of these um, Fondi or Findi bands, yeah, yeah, it forces everything so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's there's almost no rhythm in it. It's just like a da 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 as quickly right. as you can get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think there's a bit of a gap in the market right now. Oh, okay. For this type of chill rhythm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We're not getting enough kind of nice, like finely produced audio experiences okay. to relax to. And what year did you say this came out? This is 1984. 84, actually, because this reminds me more of a kind of a late 80s, early 90s. Uh, and I'm sorry, I'm talking over the song, but um, kind of that, that um, what was it, jazz and hip-hop? Kind of jazz hop. Yeah, that, that kind of had its uh, day at, uh, a little bit after that. This seems to be a little bit ahead of it, of that. Oh, yeah, I can yeah. see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. there was... Um, Funky was it? Five or whatever. Um, well, there was Diggable Planets. I was actually just listening to that. And um, there was Guru, who made a Jazzmatazz album. And then um, on top of that, there was, uh, uh, was it Us Three or US Three um, that actually did uh, more... It was heavy, more heavily jazz, but also with a uh, rapper. It has kind of that feel to it to me. Totally. Yeah. I like it, though. I like it a lot. It's not bad, is yeah. it? Yeah. Mm. And it's just maybe... Now it's just found its time. It's found its uh, niche. That's right. Yeah. Exciting. Exciting. Indeed. All right. Well, today on the podcast, we have our first in-house studio. I was going to ask you about this person. <laughs> <laughs> Cameron Lee. If we could get Cameron... Can I use your name? Yeah. Some people get... Check. All right. There you go, dude. How's it sound? Sound good? Sounds perfect. Yes. All right. Nice. So we got, um, so I've been interested in Bitcoin ever since uh, it reached uh, from about the $300 mark, that which is about eight, nine years ago now. And uh, then it hit 1,000 that first time and came back oh, down. Yeah. That was epic. And then the Mt. Gox controversy in Japan as well, where a whole bunch of millions of dollars of Bitcoin mysteriously yeah. disappeared. You know what I like about that best is it when I found out what Mount Gox stood for. Magic the Gathering Online Exchange. Yeah, that oh, cracked wow. me up so much. <laughs> me too. I had no idea. They were tired of us paying too much money to buy cheap cards. <laughs> and uh, Bitcoin act as an interface for people to have very little payments to buy 30 cent or 90 yen mm -mm. cards. Crazy, huh? Mm -mm. <laughs> it's pretty funny, man. Stupid. <laughs> so um, uh, thanks you for coming on the podcast, Cameron. <laughs> Uh, you are the Bitcoin guy. Yeah, man. So what's up? What's up with that? Why? Oh, nothing, dude. It's just uh, um, I, I enjoy Bitcoin. The price is going up a little bit these days. And uh, a lot of people that are interested in Bitcoin, once you get really neck deep, you start saying things like, oh, the price doesn't matter, this and that. But if you talk to like normal people, all they care about is the price because it's crazy to watch. Yeah, it is. The uh, And uh, what how... Would you describe yourself as a Bitcoin guy? Like, what's your relationship to Bitcoin? Um, what are you doing? Are you you work with Bitcoin, right? Yeah, right now I'm doing marketing at Bitcoin.com. I'm just trying to like get more people interested in Bitcoin. Uh, that's that's pretty much how I spend my days. How did you get that nights. job? That's a very not normal job to get. 
Yeah, man. Like, I don't know. Just like, like what happens to a lot of us, like that are in the cult, you know, it's like you find out about this thing and you're like, this thing is, is incredible. Bitcoin's really yeah. cool. And so I went really deep and then started doing some like work here and there for like a uh, small Bitcoin projects and then larger Bitcoin projects. And then just, you know, uh, Bitcoin.com has an office in Tokyo, of course. So I was like, yo, sign me up. Mm. Here we go. Now, the, your appearance is like you're not um, you're not trimmed up in the hair department. You got long hair. It's Brady. Uh, that, yeah. Is there a lot of that kind of um, anarchist, libertarian people at the Bitcoin.com office? Or is it? It's an interesting crowd. Yeah. yeah. What, what kind of people are gathering there? You know, like, I think one of the things I liked best is... Uh, not so much the the company right now, but like when I went to the first meetup where it's like, you know, people who are interested get together. Um, <coughs> it's like this group of people that are anti-government to some extent. Because these are the people, these aren't like, you know, the normal users. These are people who are like, like this enough to go to a place to have drinks with other nerds that are interested in this thing, right? And here these people are like, just like, you got these computer guys that are like just deep into it. Like you start talking to them about some like crazy stuff. Then you got the guys that really don't like the government very much. And just everyone's just like this kind of like off the wall kind of interesting person. And it was the first time I ever like, like had conversations with people where it's like, we don't always agree on the same thing. And uh, the conversations were always fascinating and always from a different point of view that I wouldn't consider. So I consider myself pretty, pretty hip to what's going on. Right. But I don't know. I just hear things. I was like, I had no idea. Like what? What are the some things that shocked you? I mean, like, well, I don't really know because, like, it's hard to say, like, exactly, like, which of these are true or not because, you know, you get some, uh, you also get some conspiracy people. Um, but, like, my favorite is, like... That's how I got into it. Th th that's how I did, too, <laughs> honestly, yeah. But, like, uh, so I, I was just looking at, like, uh, this guy talking about... I'm going to butcher the story, but I, I just remember this one in particular. He, he was telling me how the developers of, like, the McDonald's, you know, burger, burger shop, like, how their app when it's turned, even when your phone, someone's phone is turned off, they can tell, they do, they do, anyways, it's just, he was telling me some really crazy, weird yeah, thing about third party and location and, and data services on, on free applications are spy devices. They're spy, it's, 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 hello, spy phone, that's what it is. Yeah, basically that, yeah. And he was like going into like technical detail that's way beyond my pay grade. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I should erase that Boggle app I've downloaded. <laughs> <laughs> Dear and, me. And no word games. <laughs> what What is a Bitcoin marketer? Oh, I mean, I guess I kind of get to decide, really. Um, I just want... Okay, let's just get straight to the big picture. Like, yeah. I want the world using peer-to-peer -peer cash. That's it. I'm not a big fan of banks. I don't think they're doing a great job. Uh, I don't think they're doing a great job on the consumer level, and I think they're doing an absolutely horrible job on the, you know, government level, like high level. So rather than dealing with all that, I'd rather just have the people use peer-to-peer -peer cash, and basically my job is to tell more people about it, to get them using it. Max Kaiser, Bitcoin guy, yeah, he started promoting it when it was less than $1, mm. and he created a whole tier of Bitcoin millionaires Nice. By people who invested like $1,000 when Bitcoin was less than $1. Oof. Wow. And he had a very popular radio show, not yeah. in America, but all over the world. So nice. him and his wife, Stacy, or partner, or whatever, created a whole tier of Bitcoin millionaires. And his um, angle is Bitcoin is peace. What do you think of that? I mean, whatever. Uh, <laughs> like, let's just, like, it, it's whatever you want it to be. It's It's like... 
okay, I mean, could you say that governments print money to fund wars? Yeah, you probably could say that. But are you telling me that, like, get that ability out and then people are not going to find a way to fund wars? Whatever, dude. I don't know. Yeah, that's changing human nature, you're saying. Yeah. So... Um, speaking of another human nature, um, I think one of the underlying things that works against Bitcoin the most is the fact that it's not tangible. It's not something you can actually hold. Right. What's, can, um, what can people in this business do to kind of overcome that? Because there is that fear that, that something just snaps somewhere and it's just all gone. You know, I guess, I mean, and, and uh, sorry about that. I don't mean to no, interrupt no. you, but, um, and it's true. Of course, that could also happen with real, like, you know, tangible money as well. But it, there's more of the fear of losing it, I think, when it's all just, um, you know, electronic pulses, you know? I got you. Yeah. So, I think it's, I think it's an age thing. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. Like, uh, hey, I, hey. I had a book. Careful. <laughs> no worries, no worries. I'm just let's, kidding. I'm just let's kidding. be realistic, right? <laughs> like I just read a book, mm -hmm. yeah. and I haven't read a book in years. Oh wow, yeah. Congratulations. And, yeah, <laughs> it, it was it was amazing. It was great. It was like 600 pages, mm -hmm. like hardcover. Yeah. What an experience! It felt so good, like mm -mm. flipping the pages. Yeah. And I, I like before I used to read books, maybe like five years ago, whatever. And I used a Kindle. Yeah, yeah. This was like a hardcover book someone gave me, and when I finished it. I was like, well, now what the fuck do I do with this thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? right. So, personally, I would say that anyone over a certain age yep. might feel uncomfortable that they don't get to hold the cash. Sure. You know, do you know people actually believe U.S. dollars are backed by gold? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's what are you telling me? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So once those people go away, yeah, you know, and so like basically, my my thing is the Federal like, Reserve is as federal as FedEx. Exactly. <laughs> So I, I think I think Bitcoin is for everybody. I have yeah. absolutely no problem with you know people of any generation. Mm -mm. They get it. It's totally cool. But the, the concern you're talking about, I yeah. think, is something tangibleness, I think, is more important to older people. Yeah. And I think true. younger people don't care. Yeah. And actually people probably actually even see it as a problem. Like, great, now I have to hold all these sure. stacks of cash. Sure. There's that too. Yeah. Chinese people under the age of twenty, a lot of them have never really used cash. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but um, yeah, you're right. I, I, I understand what you're saying. It's just a mindset that needs time to change. Uh, yeah. Like that. And I'm not going to say which is better or worse. Right. Nothing like that. I mean, cash is cool. Like, you know, yeah. whatever. Have you heard about the um, banks trying to hijack blockchain technology by kind of poo-pooing Bitcoin and then promoting their own blockchain solutions? Yeah, and this is like, you know, I try to really keep like a nice open mind to people and like I try to like uh, talk to people of every level of understanding. And actually, I prefer the people who have never heard of it. That's who I prefer to talk to because like my brain's kind of like simpler like that. However, like if someone comes to me and says like, you know, oh, I don't care about Bitcoin, but I like blockchain technology. I do have this little tingle in the back of my head like, oh, why, really, why, dude? why? Well, because it's like, because I've been, been like paying attention for so long. It's like, do you even know what blockchain technology is? Like, do you even know what you're saying? Do you know, do you know the difference between any of these things? And like, usually what it is, is it's like, I would guess, and I'm just like trying to decide what people actually think. But my guess is like, they want the next big thing. And mm, so like, yeah. they're focused on like, oh, the future's coming. I'll tell you, dude, there's like, what, 6,000, 3,000, I don't know, thousands and thousands of coins being traded. Shit coins. Shit coins. Show me one that has done anything. There's like, there's like Ethereum. 20, Okay, Ethereum has like there's things that have been built on this. And by the way, this is something that me and some of my you know mm. people I'm friends with totally disagree on. But I don't mind just going off on this tangent. 
They're coming to get us. This t- this talk has already riled people up. <laughs> what is going? Oh, what is going? Oh, it's the feds. Yes. <laughs> oh, dude. The bank execs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going without a fight. <laughs> I love it, dude. I'm going Exciting. without a fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. What, what what were you saying? Oh, just a, Ethereum. Yeah. Yeah, Ethereum. It has done interesting things, but I mean, and there are some things that are actually really good built on it. There are a few coins that are very interesting. I'm pretty sure the people who say blockchain technology probably aren't talking about those. What are they talking about? I don't think they know. Oh, okay. So it's just like saying somebody saying, oh, I love music. I listen to everything. Kind of, and, yeah. And, and to me, I just go, you don't know anything about music. It's right. that type of thing. Mm. Kind of, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, exactly. If someone says that, you're like, okay, so nothing. Kind yeah. of a so bandwagon you, thing. Bandwagon. You just turn on yeah. the top 40 radio and repeat what you hear to other people based yeah. on that. Oh. And so, yeah, you know, the banks are doing that. And, you know, don't get me wrong. There's something good good to it but um yeah yeah banks are getting on it there's like a digital yuan yon whatever coming from china soon yeah I, I heard there's one in turkey they're doing something interesting there bank of japan's considering it yeah i saw as that as well for the japan society 5.0 um the two main forms of bitcoin bitcoin yeah. cash and bitcoin core right uh i remember when the other podcast i have Mandy b files oh uh, yeah we were doing that uh, we did an interview then yeah a couple and on one of them, uh, you said that you were really interested in Bitcoin Cash. Right. But since then, the value of Bitcoin Cash has plummeted. Yes, it Well, Bitcoin Core is kind of coming back stronger and stronger. So which one are you a, a, a proponent of and uh, why? No, that's a good question. Um, it's a simple answer is Bitcoin Cash. And this is not like, unfortunately, with, uh, with meme coins and Bitcoin, like, Everyone is like, whatever they're invested in, that's what they like. And then it's like a fight to the death against everything else. So me saying like, I like Bitcoin Cash, there's probably someone listening to this right now going like, oh, I hate this guy now, right? Well, they're dumb. So like people, some people are interested in the investment part of it, right? That's people typically into like Bitcoin. Cool for them, right? They think that if they get it, the price is going to go up. That's generally what they're there for. They think that larger amounts, you know, transmitted across borders, that's the use case they see. And and this and that's good. That's cool. I am totally a fan of that. Go for it. The one I care about a little more is just uh, being able to use it as cash. That's uh, that's what I prefer. So, what's the difference between using Bitcoin Core as cash and Bitcoin Cash as cash? Uh, that's uh, because the way that, um, and I want to say this in a way that's like not, you know, like dividing anyone. Like basically, what it is is there's two schools of thought. The Bitcoin Core camp has made a choice that has made fees go up. And the Bitcoin mm-hmm. Cash has got something where it's basically like you can send cash uh, fast, instantly, practically free. I, the new wallet that I've been using is like I'm pretty sure faster than Visa. What wallet are you using? The the Bitcoin.com wallet. Bitcoin. They just put a new one out. Yeah. Really? It's it's crazy fast. So it's how just do you connect your money to it? Do you to go by credit card or how do you charge your uh, Bitcoin wallet on your app? I get paid in Bitcoin, so uh, yeah, it's like uh-huh. comes in as Bitcoin. How about for the layman? Oh, that's yeah, a good if I, question. If I, if I downloaded the app today and I wanted to put some Bitcoin on it, what are some common ways? Let me just check. I'm pretty sure uh, there's there's this thing that my company's really interested into uh, pushing called local, where you literally just like you set something up, it puts money in an escrow account, and then you go like meet a person, and mm-hmm. they give you cash and that, and it's a really great way to stay anonymous, where like oh, wow. we don't touch your money, mm-hmm. you know, you just meet someone, this and that. I don't know if it were me, I would. That's uh sounds kind of dodgy. It's a little dodgy. I see it as a little dodgy, and like I'm lazy. 
Right. <laughs> Let go me just, meet a guy. I'm pretty sure that this it's so, wallet. It's so technologically advanced, you got to go meet a guy. <laughs> exactly, exactly. The future of money, people. The future of money. Yeah. You get download the app and then go meet a guy. <laughs> no, but but I'm, I'm opening it right here. It's got a, uh, you could buy it with a credit card. Okay. So okay. you can touch it to credit card. Yeah. There, there's a little fee, but you know, yeah. you get it instantly. So you get paid in Bitcoin cash. Yep. How often do you use Bitcoin cash in Tokyo and how do you use it? Not as much as I would like. Um, so let's be just realistic. The price has been going down mm. for years now. And so, you know, what I get paid at the beginning of the month would be like less by the time I'm at the end. So oh, wow. I would try to avoid that. And typically like, you know, I'd, I'd sell off what I need at the beginning and then just, uh, you know, live as much as I can. Sell it off as into yen? Into yen, yeah. Okay. Actually US dollars, but I mean, okay, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, into, into yen. So, so like, you convert it back into a currency. Right. But then now, like, the price seems to have stabilized and might even be going up. So, like, I feel a little safer with this. So, from about this month to next month, I've stopped doing that. And now I'm just, like, trying to figure out how many places I can spend it, how I can spend it. I can give you some some ideas right now. Perfect. That sounds great. So, one that seems to be the most easy is, like, there's this thing called Purse. It's purse.io, I think. I don't know the details of it. And I don't know how the inner workings are. I, I've heard it's not as dodgy as it sounds, but basically you can buy things on Amazon.com using this, using Bitcoin, and then they will give you a discount. Someone, someone else will place the order and they'll give you a discount for getting your Bitcoin. And then I guess they use gift cards that they have or something like that. And you can get up to like a 30% discount. So probably the first step I would do is move more of my shopping, like, you know, I don't know, toilet paper and stuff like that, mm. to just all Amazon. So get it delivered, save some money. Big camera takes Bitcoin. They do, yeah. yeah. They only take the the orange one, the Bitcoin core. Okay. So, I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess I probably could convert it, but... What are some of the other ideas? What are some of the other ideas? So there's a, uh, there are places locally. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be... We have a cameraman in town, and we're going to go out filming probably about 10 places next week and we're going to interview these people and ask them why why they what's good and bad about bitcoin cash and I mean, we've got 10 lined up like a, there's a pizza restaurant there's a haircut place uh there's a chiropractor i don't know but there's yeah quite a few places you can spend it here not enough in my opinion you know i don't think i can convert my whole i'm not going to be paying rent in bitcoin next week you know what right. i'm saying any questions yeah actually i was wondering yeah. are you surprised that um by the number of businesses that haven't embraced it at this point, did you have more high have higher expectations? Let's say a year ago. Or, yeah, or no, did that's, you kind of anticipate this? No, that's a good question. So, like, just getting real, like you know, you know, PayPay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What are I, they? I taught I taught oh. the engineers who who developed that. Really, they come from India from Paytm. Really, the technology. Yeah. And so, how long have they been around? Pay PayPay's been around for just over a year. And I think they have, I heard, 200,000 merchants yeah. in Tokyo. Yeah. Yeah, we don't have 200,000 people wow. taking Bitcoin. Oh, is that true? I use PayPay because yeah. I know the guys who made it. <laughs> yeah, and so like when I hear that story, yeah, yeah I'm totally disappointed. Yeah, yeah. It just, uh, it, it's funny like how it's gone off in a different direction completely, yeah. but the, um, you know, the pioneers of it have, um, are still in some ways struggling to get more businesses to take it on. So this is like, the the orange coin the the bitcoin core versus the bitcoin cash like okay. the the stance from bitcoin cash is they believe that being able to use it as cash will lead to more more people using it so when when the price in 2016 17 mm -hmm. kept going up 
it reached a point when like fees to send a single transaction yeah. over 50 bucks. So you want to buy a $5 coffee, it's $55. That's crazy. Obviously, wow. people stopped accepting Bitcoin. Right, right. Because Bitcoin was originally supposed to be low transaction fees. Like 10 years ago, right. it was almost nothing. Yeah. But now... That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And so the Bitcoin Cash people were like, this isn't working. And it was like a huge battle for like years. And like everybody started hating each other. And then we just split. And then now the people that are like just looking for something like to... they And, and I'm, I'm not saying this in a way to make them, you know, look bad or feel bad. But like... They think that you just spend a thousand dollars, put it in Bitcoin, and then that value is either going to stay the same or go up. That's cool. I mean, if that's what you're into, that's what I just I personally think that there's no point if you can't spend it. Mm-hmm. That's my take. It's a good take, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At uh, Bitcoin.com, do you have those camps, Bitcoin Cash and Bitcoin Core? Do they kind of? There's some people on the extreme ends, and then there's some people in the middle, but kind of. The guys that yeah, that's you have to work question. on the other side of the office. That's a good question. No, we have some Fight people. Fight each other. Bitcoin th- car, bitch! <laughs> I think, you know what it is? You know what it is? That's interesting. Like, I don't think we have those people that are like, you know, like, what are you really going to say? Like, this coin's like slow and expensive, so that's totally rad. Like, how are you going to mm. take that stance? But what we do have is we have people who are just like diehard Bitcoin cash or nothing. <laughs> and then we got people more like me, and there's a couple other people that are like, look, if you go talk to the average person, and you're like, hey, you know about Bitcoin? They're talking about the investment one. You know, they're not talking about Bitcoin Cash. So, you know, you'll see people like I don't. I don't say that I've seen this, yeah, seen yeah. this, but like I imagine people like going like, just like, hey, have you heard about Bitcoin? Like, yeah, I know about that. You invested. Like, no, yeah. it's Bitcoin Cash. You're yeah, supposed yeah. to. Use it. <laughs> yeah, you just lost. Now it. use it. Yeah, now use it. You don't get it. <laughs> so yeah, from my point of view, it's like just embrace everything. It's all cool. I, I'd say that's the camps. Mm. Fantastic. Well. um... Thank you for at least educating this guy who's still very used to the paper feel of money. I really oh, no, appreciate no problem, it, actually. Yeah. Um, I, I knew of Bitcoin, but very little about anything in it. And um, frankly, the camps that are working at it, all of that. Um, I really appreciate you informing oh, us, no worries, coming man. to our studio and informing yeah. us. I have one more question before, yeah, we, yeah. before we sign off. Um, I live in a world of currency as a national identity. Bitcoin okay. is a separation of that. Yeah, man. So what's it like for you to live in a economic system that is separate from national borders and identities? Oh, my God, dude. That's a question right there. Mm. That's, so this is what I'm thinking, right? This is just like, this is just my personal take, my personal thought, right? I'm actually too dumb to know about e- economics and stuff. I can't even say it. Like... So how exactly it works, I'm not even going to try to tell you truth and stuff. And anyone smart can, you know, tell me otherwise. But, like, here's my thought. I feel like a currency has value from different places and this and that. I know there's, like, different ways to put value and stuff. But one way is, like, the people working on it, right? The people who are, like, making that thing valuable. The people who are, like, you know, working with it, using it. I don't know if that actually translates or not. But my thought is I see the people who are interested in Bitcoin, who are being paid with Bitcoin, who are paying with Bitcoin. They're the misfits. They're the really smart guys. They're the people who just think in a completely different way. They're the people that are at the front line of things. And when we all heard of Bitcoin early, right? But how many of us are Bitcoin rich right now, right? I didn't do it. I mean, Yeah, so like the people who jump on something when they're like, oh, this is the thing, I'm going to give this a try. Risk takers. I see that group of people, and my thought is that regardless of nationality, regardless of where they are, mm. if this keeps attracting people like that, 
I think it's a it's a good economy to be a part of. It's my take, my thoughts. Cool, man. Thanks for being on the Japan What podcast. Where can people find you if you want to uh, put that out? Yeah, um, I guess uh, you know Bitcoin.com or uh, I have a website, Cameron Lee Worldwide. Dot com. Oh, yeah, yeah, you sell T-shirts. I sell T-shirts, yeah, funny ones. Yeah, they're awesome. <laughs> I've seen them appear on various controversial shows. And yeah. I make sure to screenshot that and send it to you. <laughs> I it love it. It must be good to see uh, these crazy-ass motherfuckers wearing your shirts. I, I'm a big fan. It gives me joy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cameron. All right, man. Thank Anything you so else, much. Uh, no, no, I'm good. Thank right. you. Great talking to you guys. Cheers, Check bud. out the T-shirts. <laughs> All right. All right. Late. Later. was I'll Be Around by Honeydew. You can find out more about them at honeydewmusic.com. Uh, another uh, Japanese band, um, actually that plays a lot in Shimo Kitazawa. Um, the lead singer, uh, Keigo, actually started more in New York with a band called Chimp Beams. And um, they, uh, they came back and uh, actually he started another band with his wife uh, called Honeydew. Uh, I really like their stuff. Yeah, it's nice. It's easy to listen to. It's happy yeah. as well. Yeah. But it's not uh, patronizingly happy. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, and uh, actually, I actually went to a show, uh, one of their shows, and um, the guitarist from, what was it? Actually, he had played with the Plastic Ono band, and he played, I think, with Cornelius. Wow. And he, yeah, joined him on stage. It was really cool. I forget his name, though. It was a while back. Sure. But, uh, yeah, just uh, the indie scene in Japan just keeps giving, right? It certainly does. Yeah, yeah it's out there. If you, you, It's always there. It's great um, stuff. What's, uh, so Cameron just kindly donated $5 of Bitcoin yeah. cash to us both. We got the app, and it was really quick how it went from his wallet to our wallet yeah less than one second yeah a blink of the eye and suddenly i'm five dollars richer yeah that that's kind of cool a, it was the happiest moment of my life <laughs> well it was up there for me too yeah <laughs> thanks cameron thank you cameron uh so what's the uh event of the week event of the week um 
Well, other than our uh, guest appearance light later on today, right? <laughs> we will be. Uh, yeah, you don't mind if I talk about this, right? No. So uh, actually, our our good buddy Takashi Umemiya is uh, does a little streaming show called The Beach House, and uh, he has a live concert tonight at uh, Music Island O, not far from here. And uh, before that, he's going to be shooting a few of his streaming episodes, where I will be a comic sidekick, and Matt will be a guest, along with um, Sawakato and Koji Tamura from Dog. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. But uh, sorry, I'm just filibustering. Is John Mayer going to be there? That's right. Yeah. Today? I heard that, too. I, I heard... No, I didn't hear that at all, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't keep the lie going. Uh, sorry. My information disappeared on me, of course. But um, actually, there's a, an excellent uh, rock and blues singer from Osaka that's coming down, um, Davina Robinson. Have you ever heard of her? Nope. And, um, but she uh, actually uh, used to regularly sing at the Hard Rock Cafe in Osaka. And she had a great hit called The Osaka Boys. Um, she will be coming down and Darn it. Where is that? Uh, next week... Oh, this always happens to me. All right. On my calendar, my event. Yes, Davina Blues Band at the Bright Brown in, uh, what was that, Nakano, actually. And it's Powerhouse Blues, Rock, and Soul. Uh, I recommend everyone go check it out at the Bright Brown Blues and Jazz Lounge. And uh, in Nakano, it should be a great show. Okay, check it out. Um, so, of course... We're going to probably have 15 minutes left. So coronavirus, uh, it's kind of going crazy. Yeah. Um, And I have something to back us up. So this is an introduction to the coronavirus. Of course, it's hitting Japan relatively strong as well because of cruise ships. Uh, But let's just do a backgrounder here. Yeah. Global aviation experts predict the virus will take a serious toll on Japan's tourism revenue. A UN agency says falling Chinese visitor numbers will cause losses for the first three months of this year of nearly $1.3 billion. Health experts have confirmed new cases of the coronavirus across Japan. They say the total number of infections in the country is now over 330. I always wear my mask and wash my hands after going home. I also have antivirus sheets like this. And that's the news. So the real question is, when did the aliens from the original Star Trek start doing news reports? The Japanese have always been aliens. Oh man. dear! <laughs> <laughs> I I was so lost in that voice. I was I barely got any of the news. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty crazy. But the economic aspects of uh, this uh, of China having to manage its pandemic um, mm. are resulting in 1.3 billion dollars of uh, economic damages just oh, in really? a quarter alone. And so of course there's the value of human life, but yeah. we're kind of having to question China's China's role in our lives. Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting. We're also learning how fragile this whole structure can be, you know, when something like this happens, you know. Some people start getting sick, uh, allegedly from smuggling endangered animals. There's a little irony there. But, um, you know, it's all of a sudden everything, you know, that's connected to it. Suddenly there's huge losses, there's huge economic losses. You wonder, nobody really has a backup plan for something like that. No kidding. Yeah. Um, I do have to say, though, I, I kind of, the panic that's kind of here is, is uh, 
how would I explain myself? Um, people are so paranoid, but are what people are doing to prevent catching a coronavirus actually effective? Like, yeah, um, that's very practical. Like, um, my mother-in-law is screaming at me every day to put a mask on and go into the, you know, if I'm leaving the house. And I'm like, I don't know. It's actually kind of torn whether this actually has any value, uh, whether it protects us or not. And um, some people are saying no. Sometimes people are even saying it might hurt. If you have a um, an area, a moist area that you're constantly breathing into, that's actually a breeding ground for bacteria. So maybe you shouldn't be wearing one. I was breathing into a moist area the uh, other day. <laughs> that's what she said. Is that what you're trying to... Are you yeah. trying to do that? <laughs> I felt so evolved talking to Cameron and now... <laughs> <laughs> but um, the only clear I am the king of the ring thing that everyone it seems to are you going to hit another one? No. 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 <laughs> Do you want me to? No. <laughs> um, the only uh, advice that I've heard that kind of universally everyone agrees to is wash your hands better. I always wear my mask and wash my hands after going home. I like that one. We got to keep that one. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was a good great. drop. That, that is a, a great drop. drop. That was a good drop. <laughs> Well-timed. So for me, what, yeah. what drives me crazy is I, I look on Twitter yeah. and I put in the hashtag coronavirus in Wuhan. Right. And you just see horrifying images coming out of China. Police officers yeah. killing people. Yeah, yeah. Fires, right. explosions, yeah. people falling down, hospitals with thousands of beds in them and right. no medical equipment. Right, yeah, All yeah, of yeah. this type of stuff. And you're like, whoa, what's going on? Who can you believe? And, and then you go and check the news. Yeah. And the news is like, by the way, yeah. three people have died. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there, so don't trust them. Yeah, right. And all of the news is showing is just propaganda images from right. China of like police officers putting boxes into planes. Right, exactly. But then you go onto Twitter and it's pandemonium. It's, right. It's nuts. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. on one hand, we have these videos coming out of China that right. aren't verified. Yeah. There's no way to verify them. And then, but so, but it looks authentic, but yeah. we don't know. Right. And then on the other hand, the mainstream news is like, don't watch those videos. Yeah. This is a horrifying event. Wash your hands. Right. That's it. Yeah. And so there's this massive disparity between these two information pipelines, you right. know, and it's for, for citizens. Yeah. What do we do? Well, there was also a kind of a, a, I don't know if acclaimed is the right word, but a very popular YouTube reporter that was reporting daily on it and he suddenly disappeared. Yeah. You know? So, he, or another he, image came up. It's like this was leaked from Tencent. Maybe sixty-five thousand people have died. Yeah, and then yeah. everyone's like, "That's just fake news." Yeah, <coughs> and then uh, you go onto the news, and they don't even talk about it. They're just right. like, "There was this one report from CBC, Canada's Broadcasting Corporation, sure. and they were like, fake news promulgates the coronavirus." There was this one account claiming that the coronavirus had spread to a million people, but it was only retweeted five times. I'm like, why wait, wait, does the yeah. CBC put that in the report? Yeah, right. Is it a hint, nudge? Like, um, We're not actually going to tell you how many people are looking at the videos. We're just going to yeah. find one with a low count and include that one. So we're yeah. editorializing right. our competition. The validity is based on the number of retweets. It's basically on how many people actually believe it or think it's worth uh, propagating. That's that's nuts. So for me, that's that's a big thing. Um but uh, the other the other big thing is the economic factors. Yeah. I mean, 
uh, a lot of telecom companies right now are trying to roll out 5G networks. Yeah, yeah, And sure. China has by far the best 5G networks. Right, right. But they have a very poor logistics system, which mm, is vulnerable yeah. to all these outside forces. Yeah. So there's certain things that they do really well, like high-speed rail. There's right, a massive right. network of high-speed rail. But mm. uh, safety and health measures in meat markets are still like the 1400s level. Right, right. And so there's these two massively different, I don't know, elements of your culture yeah. co colliding with each other. And then, you know, through that barrier of collision, they mm. affect each other in unpredictable ways. Oh, sure. So, yeah. it, you know, it, it was this virus coming from a meat market or was it leaked from a, a virology center? We don't know. Yeah, but it's no. basically the same thing where you don't have enough protection measures in right. your pipeline and enough people participating in those uh, protective measures to ensure yeah. safety on a wider scale. And then when something breaks out, yeah. now we're realizing around the world that these systems that we're using for everything in China yeah. are just easily knocked over by um, circumstantial mm. events. Yeah, yeah. One bad market, really. One unsanitary market can uh, can and has shut down a, a full city. And then the ramifications of that just leak all throughout the country and then overseas and throughout the whole globe. It's, uh, yeah, it's uh, a crazy thing. And um, But in some ways, you won't know. And a lot of times, you, you there's no way to tell until something like this happens. You know? Like, yeah. How can you test it out? How can you know where all your weak points, all your vulnerabilities are? Because there's no, never been a point of testing it. Have you seen the wet markets in China? No. On Twitter? No, no. It's crazy. But Just like, like there's like living things next to dead things. Sure. They're cooking things next to living things. Yeah. Like, there's like a flamethrower and uh -huh. like they have like a, like a dead dog and they're just <sighs> roasting. Gosh. It's horrifying. I believe it, and I agree. But I think if you judge almost any country on the like the worst, you know, the lowest common like denominator, it's all going to be pretty bad. Yeah, but I mean, these those what you should check out. Those yeah, all right. <laughs> wet markets in China, you know, yeah. Twitter that just wet market and sounds bad. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> it does the expression now, like Ugh, no, I, no thanks. You want to go to the wet market? Nah, yeah, I'm going to stay home watch Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, so we got... Everybody was a kung flu fighting. <laughs> the cough at the end will always get me. <laughs> uh, why don't we finish on the uh, drug money? Drug money. From songs. How yes. releasing okay. songs and getting caught with drugs equals money. This right. new uh, business solution that the Beatles have thought of well in advance. <laughs> are, are you speaking of Noriyuki Makihara, who shoots to the top of Amazon sales? Exactly. How'd oh, you know? Oh, my goodness. It's like we, we're in sync. It's like we're connected with a Bitcoin mind link. When people say in sync, I'm not sure if I should have like a Backstreet Boys or in sync song. I don't, I don't remember the difference between them. There really isn't any. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> well, this person, Noriyuki Makihara, he shoots to the top of Amazon sales ranking after arrest for drug possession. On February 13th, musician Noriyuki Makihara, also affectionately known as Mackie, experienced some of the best sales on Amazon in perhaps his entire recording career. His albums bespoke the best of Listen to the Music and Smiling, the best of Noriyuki Makihara, shot up to the top of the charts, occupying first to fourth place 
A further four albums appeared in the top 25, resulting in a sales blitz seldom seen for a single artist. Unfortunately, Makihara was too busy getting arrested for possession of 83 milligrams of a stimulant to fully appreciate it. This is the second such arrest for the 50-year-old singer-songwriter after getting picked up in 1999 on several charges and serving a suspended sentence. Sentence, excuse me. Um, I again, I'm wondering, like, was he busted buying it? He was like. It was probably in his pockets or something. Yeah. 50, how many milligrams? 50, Eight, oh, 80, sorry, it's 83. He's 83. 50 That's years not, old. Like one gram is not really much at all of anything. So 83 milligrams, that would just be like trace amounts in his pockets right. or something like it that. It could have been left over from 1999 for all we know, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> but um, I guess the other thing is interesting is um, his albums are shooting up, but the reason for this is actually... Uh, linked to a story of another uh, recent uh, drug arrest with, of a musician. This time, things are different, however. Last year, fellow musician Pierre Taki's cocaine arrest arrested, uh, resulted in getting pretty much everything he touched pulled from the shelves and online distribution platforms. This involved video games getting overhauled and his voice redubbed over in Disney's Frozen, despite the delicious irony that he played a snowman. <laughs> that was a good... I like that article. Nice little aside. Yeah. So, uh, expecting the same to happen to Makihara, people are flocking to Amazon and buying up as much of his stuff as they could before the Great Purge. Surely many were fans seizing this last chance to get his CDs and DVDs, but many others were no doubt investing in some soon-to-be-rare memorabilia to resell. Now, are they going to pull their those items for good over one? Like, that, that makes no They're sense. They're pretty strict about it. Um, I've Not that these people have faced any controversy, but I yeah. used to play uh, with a guy who was the bassist from a band called Doping Panda. Okay. And they had a lot oh, of their man. Sony Universal videos on YouTube that had like 500,000 views and stuff yeah. like that. Now they're gone. They just pull them down after a while. Was, I don't know why. It, like, isn't this hurting their business as well? So it's really hard to understand yeah. the Japanese corporate level decision making process. I guess so. It, somebody in management yeah. might be using this as a way to advance their career. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but even, I mean, when it's that much, like that many items being pulled off, is like how how could this actually be used to justify advancing their career? And maybe they don't see it as a financial cost. They see it as a reputational protection measure. Okay. Um, or maybe it's a chance to put someone else in that slot. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, a younger, perhaps, yeah. upcomer. You know, like, okay, fair enough. But I, I just can't imagine. I don't know. Does this happen in other countries? Would you, like... I don't it, think so. I don't I, think so either. I think this idea of being pure and yeah. having very pure people presented to younger audiences is something that is so it's like an oxymoron because at yeah. the same time there's these girl groups right akb48 and it basically sexualizes high school girls oh, yeah of course uh, but if a high one of those akb48 members gets in a relationship or yeah. gets drunk right. they get booted out yeah so there's this purity aspect yeah like a japanese mentality of purity not what we would consider right. being pure like we expect our musicians to do drugs yeah, in the Western absolutely. world. Um, most of the art wouldn't be around if it wasn't for psychedelics, no. all of this stuff. But yeah. in Japan, they don't 
they consider drugs to be very negative unless it's alcohol or tobacco. Right. Yeah. So if you engage in those activities, you're impure and you have a negative effect on the community. I think the lack of drug taking actually does reflect in the music here, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very plain. And that's why they love bands like Mr. Big. Uh, yeah. Mr. Big okay. is huge right, in yeah, Japan. That's true, yeah. Uh, because they're it's just good. so vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... It's yeah. It's it's a nice. It's an um. Sorry, it's a nice song. It's uh, everyone can sing it. It's a nice message. It's yeah. Okay, I could see that yeah. totally. Um, no minor chords. <laughs> <laughs> no dissonance. Yeah. Uh, everything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean that makes sense. Again, it's just it's hard to wrap my head around it. You explained it perfectly, and it, I guess there's a logic to it. But to me. I don't know. I feel like we're also underestimating the intelligence of the Japanese public. Yeah, or what the Japanese public actually wants. Yeah. Because yeah. if, if they let that artist out, then the, a lot of Japanese people might be going, why is this company promoting drug use? Yeah, I guess I'm not going to buy this uh, company's uh, CDs anymore okay. uh, because of their negative influence on my child. Yeah. They might actually believe that, you know? What, when you're that... Why are you doing that? Why is this company so as a way to just prevent? Any criticism from emerging, yeah, over the corporate. Well, when you're that leadership. big too, you can only it leads to that kind of stagnation. You can't stray from the formula at all; otherwise, you risk losing what you have, even though it might be in decline anyway. Yeah, yeah. So pull it, safety measure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're pretty reactionary. Sad, I mean, yeah. in, in America or Canada, people might protest it, but then a lot of people might say. You know, they need support. They're going yeah. through a hard time. Yeah. Um, let's let let's put them in a place where they can get better. When yeah. they come back, we right, will right. support them. Yeah. And things like that. But in Japan, it's like this. We love you, yeah. and then we don't at all. We don't even think about you anymore. Right, right. For crossing a line that, frankly, everybody probably crossed. Yeah. And that line is a cliff. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and you fall off it pretty damn fast. Yeah. That was... A, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like the analogy. Yeah, it's not a yes. bad one. Not a bad one. Speaking of jumping off a cliff. Let's get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, fans, so, thank you very much. Thank you've been you for listening, listening to the Japan... Oh, sorry. I stepped over you. No, Go no. for it. Thank you for listening to the Japan What Podcast. Um, as always, we appreciate you hearing our thoughts on the inner workings of Japan from an outsider's perspective. Yes, we have Bitcoin as well. You can go on to MatthewPMBigelow.com and there will be a Bitcoin QR code that you can donate to the show. Also, donate on PayPal. There's a link right there. Make sure to do that as well. Also, we've been getting some five-star reviews on iTunes. That really helps the show. So if you've enjoyed anything at all, leave us a review. Hit the five-star button. It takes two seconds of your time. And other than that, thank you for listening. We have Bitcoin and Zero Insight. Zero insight, indeed. I always wear my mask and wash my hands after going home.